Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, happy Saturday to you and yours. Hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, here's the best of our conversations all week that you won't hear on ESPN, CNN, MSNBC. You won't hear it any place other than here. Uh, we started the week on Monday talking about Tom Brady's sense of entitlement and how everything isn't for everybody. Talked about it with TJ Moe and Steve Kim. Take a listen. Steve, I want to play this clip of, of Tom Brady after yesterday's game and get your reaction. We're just, uh, I know we talked uh, about execution the other day and it still comes up. You know, I think we just all have to do our job better. So there's no easy way about it. It's, you know, they're trying to keep us from doing our job. We're trying to do it and uh, they're doing a better job than we are. It's anytime you score three points, that pretty much sums it up. It's, you know, you come off the field and, and I'm sure there was a lot of things we didn't do right. So um, no one feels good about where we're at. No one feels good about how we played or what we're doing. So we all got to, we're all in it together, man. We got to go pull ourselves out of it. Steve, I know you sent me a note. You think father time is catching up with Tom Brady. I don't think it's father time. I still think he can play. I think his attitude is catching up with him. Well, look, I think it's a little bit of everything. It's never just one thing. But starting with the time where Tom Brady took that hiatus from training camp, this has been bad. This has been bad mojo. I didn't like it. As a quarterback, you better be there. First of all, you're not hitting. You're not getting jostled. You're not doing Oklahoma drills. You are the quarterback. You pretty much have it easier than anyone outside of somebody that kicks or punts the football. As a leader, which you chose to be, by forsaking your marriage and saying, hey, I, I want to play football, you better live up to this responsibility. Um, so far, he hasn't gone into that whining stage yet, but you chose to be here. So I want you to be Tom Brady the way you are, but I'm just telling you from a physical standpoint, as I paraphrase the late, great Dandy Don, Don, Don Meredith, turn out the lights, the Brady's over. They say all good things must come to an end. Turn out the lights. Brady's over. He looks like Muhammad Ali, not against Larry Holmes. Yesterday, he looked like Muhammad Ali against Trevor Burbick in the Bahamas. He threw more bounce passes than prime Isaiah Thomas. It looked bad. But in all fairness, though, this is where they have to help him. Now, that play right there on the first drive, that deep post to Mike Evans, that could have changed the whole game just psychologically and mentally. But here's a stat. The Bucks yesterday had 49 passing attempts. That's a lot. And I get it. They fell behind a little bit at the end. They only ran the ball 16 times, one of them being a Tom Brady rush. Take a little pressure off this old guy. And I get it. The offensive line may not be able to create a consistent run game because they are banged up. But there's a common theme that I'm seeing even with guys like Aaron Rodgers, but most quarterbacks, the more they have to throw and that pass-run ratio becomes really stilted in one direction towards the pass, you put a lot of pressure on that guy. And look, I think it's safe to say that Tom Brady is still very good, but there is diminishing physical capabilities. So once in a while, it's not bad to just hand the ball off and try to move the chains, make it a little bit easier on this guy. TJ wants Tom Brady to retire right now. Yesterday. No. Oh, yes. No. Oh, yesterday, yes. right now. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted your reaction to that. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I you, get where you, he's coming from. I'm talking to two single guys. Yeah. So let's yeah. acknowledge that. I'm telling you, if your wife was walking out the door, you should be running after her, particularly when you've won seven Super Bowls and don't have an ounce of anything left to prove. Steve. Oh, this would be the worst no moss since Roberto Duran in Louisiana during the Ray Leonard rematch. No, no, you hang in there. You want to be a football guy, you act like a football player. And by the way, here's the difference. Tom Brady, fortunately, unlike other guys, most of us working stiffs, us average Joes, he can go from a supermodel and then upgrade. No, Tom, if you don't want to be married, don't be married. You're okay. You have He wants options. to be married, Steve. Huh? He wants to be married. He wants to be married to sure? Giselle. Giselle is he the wants, one driving yeah, wait, oh, this. No, no, he doesn't. His actions, your actions tell me more than words. 
He said, honey, I'm uh, retired. Agreed. This is why I want him to retire. No, 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 no. He said way back in, I think, February, honey, I want to spend more time with you and the kids. And then right around March, he changed his mind and wanted to be a football player. He wanted to be a quarterback of the National Football League, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That doesn't show me he's a guy that wants to be married. And here's what we do not know, gentlemen, being serious just for one minute. Maybe that marriage had been on the rocks for a while. I mean, this is a bumpy flight. Maybe there had been a lot of turbulence. Maybe football was the only thing keeping that marriage afloat because of the downtime, absence making the heart grow fonder. And maybe Tom just one more time wanted to experience what it's like to get out there with his boys, experience the camaraderie. And then Giselle, she went walking out the door. Who knows? Maybe Tom is in his own mind is thinking, you know what? I'm kind of relieved. I didn't want to do it this way, but it had to be done. Steve, weren't your parents married for a long time? Right. And once it was over, it was over. It's okay. How long were they married? How long were they married? Let's see. They were married for over, I think, over 20 years because they got divorced right around the time that I graduated high school. So I got my childhood with them. I have no ill feelings. If you guys were that miserable, break apart. We're good. Marriages, in theory, are supposed to be forever. But you know what? This ain't key sweat. You can't make it last forever. And these are not like Supreme Court justice nominations. They are not lifetime. I'm just saying. Steve, you can make it last forever. You certainly can. People that... that, that, Look, for for the history of the United States now, we've decided it can't last forever, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's why our divorce rate's going through the roof. Instead, we used to have arranged marriages all throughout history, all through the Bible. You had arranged marriages that lasted forever. If you choose to be humble and you choose to follow the Bible, again, it's it's Proverbs 31 if you're a woman. Uh, If it's a man, you love your wife the way that God loves the church. Those things lead to marriages. Tom Brady, I don't think is a practicing Catholic, but he was a Catholic once upon a time. His father, I think his, his, his parents, who are practicing Catholics, are still together, right? And it's you know as what? soon as you decide that you're, uh, go ahead, Steve. In theory, you are right, but we do not live in a fairy tale. Ike and Tina, ask, ask, ask Tina if that marriage should have lasted forever, okay? Uh, OJ and Nicole, how did that work out? Just, saying, just giving you some examples. This is what I do. So I bring to the table, Crank Cosell. It's uncomfortable, but you know what? This is the inconvenient truth. Some marriages are meant to break apart, and maybe Tom and Giselle, we do no, not know. No, they're not but meant to them. break apart. We break them apart. Yeah. They're not meant to we, break apart. What did we do? And, what did we do? And look. We are. Oh, God. <laughs> this this is ridiculous. I, I think OJ, as he was Monday. holding that knife, probably not loving <laughs> the cold way God loved the church. <laughs> This has gone off the rails. Oh my God, Steve, you you have you have taken this off the rails. I want to. Hey, are we giving Todd Bowles a pass here? Are we giving Todd Bowles a pass? Does he deserve some blame here? Of course he does. Look, he's the head coach. He's the captain of the ship, and he as a as a respected football guy who sees Tom Brady every day in practice, and he understood the training camp was very disjointed. And then also, we have to be fair, the offensive line is banged up. However, when you have a quarterback who's still pretty good but has diminishing skills because that's what's to be expected at age 45, again, run the ball once in a while because it's having an effect on the defense. And I see this a lot. I don't know if it's the analytics of football, but a good running game does two things. That, and again, it's an old school mindset, but I am old. Number one, it helps your quarterback. It keeps the chains moving, but it also keeps the defense fresh and off the field. And I see too many games where these quarterbacks are all thrown for 40 plus times. And, you know, it's interesting. It's dinking and dunking, but it doesn't score all that many points. And it's not all that efficient. And if you don't complete a high percentage of passes, which nowadays is right around 70%, you end up putting that defense on the field for a lot of plays. This is on Todd Bowles. He's the head coach, just like any of his 31 other colleagues. The results and the way your team performed, yes, that's on him. I put no blame on Todd Bowles. I really don't. (laughs) I, I 
he's in, he's got this Tom Brady situation. It's I don't think any coach could manage what's going on with Tom Brady. Bill Belichick could. Mm. Bill Belichick uh-huh. wanted to get rid of Tom Brady for all of these reasons. He could see the guy wanted, and so, so that's how he dealt with. So. To Steve's point, I would blame Byron Leftwich before I would blame okay. Todd Bowles for what's going on in the. Oh, you think Byron Leftwich can tell Tom Brady what to do? Uh, I think he's calling the plays. I think Todd Bowles. If the, if you're going to blame a coach, it's not Todd Bowles who's a defensive coordinator by trade. So he's not up there scheming up what what comes and goes. I will tell you. Uh, if we're going to blame Todd Bowles for anything, it's for saying, "Oh yeah, Tom, take Wednesdays off. I got no problem with that. Do, do whatever you want." It's all good. He, Tom Brady got Bruce Arians fired. Yes. And so you think, oh, you think Todd Bowles is going to put a draw line in the I think you should have a nutsack if you're a head football coach. But TJ, If TJ, you have one, you don't get that job. TJ, then it ain't worth the job worth having. By the way, what, last thing, Steve, because we, we've talked about this before. There's no evidence that Todd Bowles is a good coach. Zero. All right, he because had a decent run had, in New York. No, he didn't. He well, had one no, good he year. He was ten and, and six. And then he was five and eleven, five yeah. and eleven, four and twelve, and got fired. He sucked. TJ, about the Wednesdays off. There's a lot of veteran players though that have earned that day off. Like I think Andrew Whitworth with the Rams. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, well, okay. The greatest quarterback ever. He's 45. Look, Tone setter. Tone setter for your whole I, I don't, culture. Yeah, how's it working out for practice? <laughs> well, okay, but to say that he's the only guy that gets a day off, it, it's simply not true, guys. Factually, Let's say, Again, no, no, you know what? Let me tell you what you're arguing. What you're arguing is Bill Belichick announcing. You know what, guys? I'm gonna take Wednesdays off. Turn it over to my assistants. <laughs> Would you be okay with that? No, because he's the coach. You, you're comparing apples So is to Tom. Oranges. He's the quarterback. Uh, he's okay. the quarterback. It's almost he gets paid more than the coach. He sets the tone just like the coach. He doesn't get to take well, Wednesdays one, off. One additional thing, Stephen, you just argued this. <clears throat> this is the quarterback position where these other guys are taking Wednesdays off as maintenance days. It's because their okay. bodies are falling apart and they can't go out and practice. Tom Brady's taking it off because he wants to take his kids to the water park. Okay, but you're telling me a guy that's played over 20 years in a quarter in a position you still get hit. It's not like kicker or punter. And I, I know they protect the quarterbacks, but still, there has to be a little bit of give. Look, I didn't like that hiatus from the training camp. I really didn't. I absolutely hated the fact you didn't take the team plane up to Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. That's where I draw the line. But again, there are players of veteran distinction that have been given days off this is nothing I know, unusual but here's what you here's what you sound like you, you sound mm-hmm. like uh well i didn't like whitlock eating that double cheeseburger and i really didn't like him eating that uh hot chicken sandwich but i'm okay with the french fries that, that's what you said. The French fries are the indicator of the double cheeseburger <laughs> and the hot chicken sandwich no, <laughs> no. Wednesdays no. off are the French fries, and it's an indication that he's going to go to a wedding and skip walkthroughs, and he's going to take 11 days off during training camp. Steve, he's not sore on Mondays. All right, they're not allowed to touch Tom Brady. I, half of the, 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 the closest thing he'll get to being sore on Monday is if his shoulder's a little stiff from throwing the ball 60 times trying to win the game. That's Tom Brady on Sunday or on Mondays. And so the, the other part of it, it's like we're seeing this would have happened. This would happen across the league if you ever let quarterbacks have that day off. Players around you start to crumble. Nobody's playing well. In fact, I disagree with you about Father Time catching up to Tom Brady because I don't see any physical deterioration. His arm looks good. And he was never a good athlete, so it's not like he's slowing down with his feet. His problem is the people around him aren't performing because he's not there to help guide them through it like he's done for the last 20 years. When you have seven Super Bowl rings and been to 10, you're telling me you get treated like an average quarterback, really. You really believe If you want to win. If you want to win. I I, I mean, look, I know we give you special treatment around here. But you that's do? because you've earned really? it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That's news yeah. to me. I, I want to move on. Let me move on to another high-profile quarterback. Let me move on to another high-profile. Aaron Rodgers, uh, man, mm. they've mm. lost three mm. straight. Uh, they got Buffalo next week. Let's listen to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he thinks playing Buffalo is a good thing. Right, it does. I'm not, I'm not worried about this squad. 
In fact, this might be the best thing for us uh, this week. You know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Go on to Buffalo and Sunday night football. The chance to get exposed. Shoot. Might be the best thing for us. Hmm. This this reminds some people of 2016. They started off four and six. He said, run the table. They ran the table. Uh, you think they should be panicking in Green Bay, Steve? Yes. Uh, Aaron, it's O-V-E-R for this season. I'm sorry. I tried to give this a shot. And I'm going to point something out again. Packers, 35 passing attempts, 12 rushes. I actually like the running game. I actually like the running backs, Dylan and Jones. That's a great one-two combo. You th- you run the ball 12 times, and I've never believed in Alan Lazard as a number one receiver. And I know he got knocked out. Dobbs, I like, but he's still got to find his way. Had some key, I don't want to say drops, but you got to hold on to that ball in tough situations. And that thing looks disjointed. And again, I'm gonna. I want to get an answer. Was there a way to salvage that relationship with Devontae Adams? Because right now, I don't see a Jordy Nelson. I don't see a James Jones. I don't see a Greg Jennings. And there's too many times when Rodgers is dropping back and you could tell guys are not where they need to be and there is no trust. I would never really count out Aaron Rodgers, but this is where he's got to be a little bit more of a nurturing guy and really gather this young group of guys and say guys we got to get on the same page because yesterday what i saw was alarming because it just didn't look right tuesday we moved on to the story of the week the cancellation of kanye west adidas disassociated themselves caa cut ties with him everybody's mad at kanye west because he went defcon 3 and didn't even get a chance to go DEFCON 3, but uh, he did a long interview with podcaster Lex Friedman, and we talked about it uh, on the show Tuesday, had a great conversation. Here's a part of it. Do you acknowledge that that's, do you understand, can you feel the hate in the world that's when, that, uh, that comes to the surface when you say stuff like that? Okay, I, I feel that, when we go into therapy, my dad was a therapist, and obviously I've got some therapy skills myself. A lot of people, my music is healing. These type of spa-like existences are healing. The color palettes I use are healing. And we can use healing words, right? What I really feel, there, I feel that there's no accountability and no responsibility on Jewish people in media to at least start with owning up with the facts of what's dealt with and tell me if I say the facts out loud to, to the point of Ari Emanuel writing a letter in the Financial Times trying to take food out of my children's mouth, telling people that they're not allowed to work with me. Even Chris uh, Como or Pierce Morgan getting me to apologize and separate Jewish business people to from the families of the Jewish business people, which I did update. I did that. That already happened. And the that way was I, a shitty apology. That wasn't really an apology. But shout out for that conversation. This, I need, I need, Let's pause right here because this is one of the moments I had where he he's Lex. I got no problem with you, smart guy. I really appreciate you having this interview with Kanye. However, I just. He, can't you feel the hatred rising when these things are said? And uh, this is what I wanted, I wish Kanye would have said, it was like, and, and maybe it's at some other point he does, I think, somewhat make this argument, but it, it's the feeling I have mm. when I listen to rap music mm-hmm. that denigrates me, us, anybody that looks like me, that normalizes the killing of black men like myself and particularly younger, can't you feel the hatred rising? Mm. And it may not be an outside group that you're rising the hatred of. You just may be, and again, there's a lot of this music, Bloods and the Crips, black on black, elevating the hatred they have towards each other 
through music, which leads to them killing each other and then accidentally killing bystanders, uninvolved parties, making our neighborhoods completely unsafe where people don't want to put businesses there, mm -hmm. kids afraid to go to school without joining a gang because they can't be protected. All of this stuff has been normalized and I can feel the hatred rising every time this music comes out. And again, I used to listen to it. Mm -hmm. But I know, I can feel the hatred rising. And for Kanye to say, hey man, I want you to take some accountability. I want these black artists to take some accountability. Mm -hmm. But I also want the executives, the Jewish executives, just happen to be, take some accountability for this hatred. And I want to add this one little final point, because this is where Kanye is really going, or certainly where I'm going. I've lived long enough to see the puppet masters in the media and whoever the puppet masters are in the world, and they're not just Jewish people, it's everybody. I've seen them go, Jason Whitlock used to be very comfortable with the F-A-G word, and I've seen them make that reprehensible mm. and despicable and uncool. And so you know what Jason Whitlock doesn't do? He don't use the F-A-G word mm. anymore. I've seen it run out of sports. That used to be like one of the favorite words mm -hmm. in sports. Mm -hmm. It's been run out. They said, you know what? No, we're not doing that anymore. It's uncool. It's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. We're not going to elevate the hatred around this group of people, gay people. Mm -hmm. They're protected. And so we're running this word and that kind of abuse out. But when it comes to somebody, Kanye, anybody saying, hey, this music y'all making and making billions of dollars off of, it's elevating hatred around black men, making our communities unsafe. Oh, that ain't our problem or yeah. that's all make believe. Yeah. That, that music don't do that. Kanye's on solid ground here. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Oh, no, I was just going to say, everybody that acts like they don't understand what this man is saying, they are full of shit. Because it's clear. He has said more than one time that he doesn't mean all Jews. Even going back to the Drink Champs interview, he broke down exactly what he was saying, why he was saying it. When he said, um, this is the real uh, anti-Semitism. Mm. I'm a f*** your bitch. I'm a kill this I'm a f*** your bitch. I'm a kill this he said, how many of y'all would bet your house that this type of these type of lyrics aren't in the first three top songs on Apple Music? Like he has been so clear as as to what he is saying. And when they took that interview down, I knew for sure they're getting ready to railroad this man, because what I what I keep saying is he's talking over a lot of people's heads. That's why people are like, oh, he's crazy or, you know, it's just that you're not listening to him and you don't want to hear what this man is saying because you are full of it. I'm, like, I should have wore boots today because <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, he's been clear that he's not talking about all Jews, yet people keep us trying to say that he's sending out this dog whistle and that he's trying to put Let me play in devil's advocate, because I agree with you. Know. But let me play devil's advocate, because <clears throat> all of us, we watch the media, we've watched a ton of Kanye stuff, and so we know that. But a guy like Lex could be arguing, yeah, but what about the people who just see a little bit? Just see him say, hey, the Jews are, you're not the real Jews, and also, you're wrecking black people. Mm -hmm. And that's all they see, just once. And so, we, you and I and everybody else have seen that he's been very specific. He just did it in the last video. They happen to be Jews. He said it exactly that way, which I think if he said it that way all of the time, he'd be in less trouble. But he routinely will make a correction after broad brushing everyone. And that could be Lex's argument. Well, what about when they say, and we don't want to keep doing what about isms, but this is what we do. And people should have the intellect to be able to add their own uh, quantifiers. Yeah. If you know it's not you, then you know it's not all Jews. It's like when they say black people love ham. <laughs> I don't eat pork. So I automatically know it's not all black people, but yeah. you know, it's a lot of black people that are suck a ham bone. Yeah. You know, I'm just not one of them. So it's like, I kind of see what they're saying, but I think they're playing, you know, it's like semantics. They know exactly what they're doing and yeah. they're playing these games on purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I, think, I think one of the things 
um, that's important is to be precise with language. And, and actually, I think about this a lot when I write. Um, this is one of the reasons that all of my, my columns, if I'm, if I'm trying to unpack a point, I name people specifically. And the reason why is because there's a difference between fooling with a water gun and dealing with nuclear weapons. So the, the, the more dangerous the weapon, the more precision you need. And, and I don't believe in collateral damage. And I'm not trying to, to, to kill, rhetorically speaking, 10 people to get one. So my thing is, and I think the, the Lex guy might have said this, it would be more powerful if Kanye West said this particular person, if he said Lior Cohen, when he was at Def Jam, told me that he's not platforming any artist unless that artist commits to mentioning the N-word X number of times, mentioning the B-word Y number of times, that to me would be much more powerful than speaking in generalities because when you speak in generalities, what, what happens is that it gives, it creates a fertile ground for, you know, people who talk about the Illuminati. But it's just like, well, who is that? How am, I, how am I supposed to focus on the people in the Illuminati if I don't even know who they are? Mm. And my thing is Kanye West knows the people he's dealing with. They already canceled him, so now he should be even more freed up to speak. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I believe, again, I don't believe there's any individual, um, or if, you, if people want to play in groups, that's fine as long as we're all playing by the same rules, that is above criticism. I will say this, it does feel weak when black artists, whether it's Kanye, whether it's Diddy, whether it's Nori, whether whoever it is, Snoop, Jay-Z, I don't care who it is, say, black artists and black fans say, well, why don't the record labels stop us from making this music? Because what it ends up doing is saying, <laughs> I have to appeal to white man law in order for me to behave myself. Right. And I reject that, mm. right? In the same way, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I lost my mind, I said, I'm gonna exploit my kids, I'm gonna sell my kids to the highest bidder. Yeah, you should ask yourself, what type of person would buy children on the black market? But the first question you should ask is, what type of father would right. sell his own children? And for the people that say that they speak for the black community, I love black people, I vote for everybody black, but you turn around and you push this garbage, you pump this garbage into our community in the same way you say that the white man pumping in crown fried chicken and, he, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's spiking the water. You do the same thing with culture. Mm -hmm. My first step is to address the artists, particularly the ones who have enough money where they don't have to do this. Right. Um, so before I get to the record label execs, I wanna know why they continue to take the money to sell us out. You, you Raise a heck of a point. Kanye, and I'm not, because he said so much and I listened to so much, he addresses this, and so I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because we haven't played the clip where he basically speaks to like, you know, these artists are selected because they can be controlled. Mm. There's, there's, you know, what's the dude's name, Baby? From Cash Money Records? Or yeah. Ba yeah. Baby. The head? Yeah. yeah. All tatted up, mm -hmm. face, everything. This dude, straight out of Bird prison. Man, yeah. Birdman. Yeah. Yeah, he Bird go by baby, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Birdman. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a criminal. And <laughs> he doesn't deny it. And he, I think before he became a, it's like, he came out of prison to be a record executive. Mm -hmm. And so somebody gave him that platform. Uh, you know, he didn't earn it while making license plates in prison. It's like, well, we need a Negro that we can control who's capable of violence and can go out and intimidate and rip off Lil Wayne and whoever else. And kiss him in the mouth. Yeah, uh. and all, all of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that all that behavior is normalized in prison. And so, again, Kanye's argument, and we'll get to it here in a second, is like, nah, they selectively choosing who gets these roles. And again, it's why Jay-Z is selling, because he was a drug dealer, and he's rapped about being a drug dealer. And they got a, they got a FBI file on all these guys. And I I'm sound like a tinfoil hat, black <laughs> Alex Jones. I don't care, it's factual, because I see it playing out, and we'll get into it. I see it playing out in my industry uh, the same way. Mm. All people get installed in these positions and maybe it's not because of their criminal record, maybe it's because there's an HR file, a block long on them, on who all they've sexually harassed mm. at that job. And so they own those people. And so when they bring them into the office, I need you to say this, 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 and this, 
they have no choice because they can get rid of that oil. You know, if you don't cooperate, you know, we can get rid of you and you're not going to make this three million a year, four million a year. And with all them baby mamas you got, uh, you need this money or you have to significantly change your lifestyle. And that's why they can go on TV. Skip, skip, <laughs> skip. <laughs> you know they be racist, skip. Because he knows they got an HR file. He it's, does it's, sound like a runaway slave. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't ran very far, trust me. He's on, anyway. Hey, you know what? On the fourth day, Fatlock rested. It was Wednesday. And I was out of breath. We did a show on the cookout on Monday. We did two shows on Monday, and I was breathing heavily. And so the whole staff said, hey, man, Whitlock, I think you're too fat to do a Wednesday show. So we didn't do a Wednesday show. And that's despite all my weight loss. These guys still call me fat. But uh, anyway, I'm strong enough. I can handle it. Uh, So we didn't do a Wednesday show. But, hey, you can go. Subscribe to Blaze TV, watch all the live streams, exclusive fearless content, plus you're supporting free speech. Uh, So how about that infomercial? Hmm. All right, let's move on to Thursday. The Korean Cosell and myself talked about Lamar Jackson's uh, next contract, and maybe he won't be trying to break the bank if he wants to be like Tom Brady. Uh, Plus, I did my pay your mortgage picks. I got three gems, uh, NFL gems, get rich kids. All right, I said it, you know, when I got drafted, I want to bring Super Bowls to the Baltimore. So I'm going to try to bring as much as I can. So you want to help the community by bringing want, another Super Bowl? I want to bring Super Bowls here. Wow. I want to be the Brady. I want to be the Brady of, you know, bring multiple if I could. Oh, you can be me. I brought multiple too. You too. Don't but play. you know, he played quarterback. So that's why I'm saying Tom Brady. Don't play. <laughs> So that's Ray having a little fun with uh, Lamar Jackson, saying, hey, man, you don't have to be Brady, you can be me. But, Steve, I'm wondering, by Lamar Jackson's comments of wanting to be Tom Brady, prioritizing bringing Super Bowls, is that an indication that Lamar might be pivoting a little bit contract-wise and may be willing to accept a little less money in order to build the kind of team that can win multiple Super Bowls? Well, Jason, that that depends. Does, does, does he realize that in theory what he's saying is great? But in reality, that means do you want to be the richest quarterback or the winningest? Because the way the salary cap is set up in the National Football League, you really can't be both. There's always a window of time when a quarterback hits on that first contract that you could spread out the money and you can create real depth. Now, does he have an agent, which he does not? So I guess I'm going to ask the mother. Do you want your son to be the richest quarterback in the history of the National Football League or one of the winningest? Because I don't believe those two things can exist. Uh, I do wonder, does he have an inner circle that's going to explain to him the dynamics of this? Uh, I found it interesting. But again, when these players talk about money or their negotiations, the one underlying thing they always try to get across is, well, (laughs) it's not about the money. Excuse me. It's always about the money. Double negative alert. It's never not about the money. And that is what has separated Tom Brady. No matter what version of Tom Brady exists today, I will give him that. He sacrificed a little bit monetarily to become the greatest winner in the history of the National Football League. So that is the question for Lamar Jackson. Do you want to be the richest quarterback or among the winningest? Because you really can't have both. Well, I think Tom Brady, over the long haul, keep in mind, the guy's already got a TV deal that's going to pay him $30, $40 million a year at Fox Sports to call football games, and that's because he's the winningest quarterback in, in football history. So I think over the course of Tom Brady's earning career, as it relates to football, not just on the field but off the field, he will end up the richest football player well that's hmm, that's interesting that's if again that has a lot to do with the media in terms of does lamar jackson have a future as a color commentator Uh, look are there ancillary benefits to being a quarterback that wins yes and then i would also go here is there even more ancillary benefits in being the winningest and best black quarterback in this generation 
Absolutely. I mean, you could really parlay that. No one wants to say it, but we're fearless. We're going to say it here. If Lamar Jackson puts up a couple of Lombardi trophies in his mantle, he could be Allen Iverson on steroids. Remember when Allen Iverson had the street cred, which is obviously so much, but he got a lot of endorsements out of it. He's still iconic to this day, will always be legendary. But there was one thing that was missing. Allen, unfortunately, never won. Never won the big title. He went to one NBA Finals, and the rest of his career was really about having great stats, flashy highlights, but it wasn't about winning. Lamar Jackson, who already has an MVP and has won a lot, can add a Super Bowl or two. We are talking about him literally uh, going up and doing the Brinks robbery year after year for the rest of his life. So we're not that this show's airing hour, hour and a half before kickoff of a very important game, I think for both teams and for both yeah. quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson, what do you think happens here tonight? Which quarterback plays the best and who wins the game? Uh, that's a tough one. I'm not Kreskin, but I will say this. It feels like a must win more for the Tampa Bay Bucks because that thing seems to be, if not spiraling, it seems to be descending. But keep this in mind. They are in a very weak division. I looked at the standings, and I'm like, that is a den of mediocrity. Baltimore, I think, is going to be okay regardless, but here's an issue. Um, get your shovels out because you know how we bury Joe Burrow into the ground? Uh, dig that grave up. The Bengals are coming on, and I think they are ready to make a run. Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again, getting the ball off on time, and the Bengals look really good. This game is in Tampa. It's a must-win game for Tampa more than Baltimore. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers tonight. It's a, it's a road game. And to be honest with you, Baltimore the last month has not been that good. I watched a good deal of that game with the Browns. If the Browns don't turn the ball over on the Calais Campbell strip sack fumble, I don't know if they win that game. I found that to be fascinating as it relates to Lamar Jackson because – his statistical line was interesting. You brought this up a couple of days ago, Jason. He was 9 for 16 passing. But here's the thing that was fascinating. He had 10 rushing attempts for 59 yards, which means he had more rushing attempts than completions. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I'm going to give a half billion dollars to that quarterback that does that? Uh, I mean, I watched that game, and there are too many plays or some plays where he drops back, he gets a clean pocket, and all of a sudden it becomes one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then by 10 Mississippi, he's still holding the ball, and it becomes be Superman. And again, this is a common theme on our show with Coach Jason Brown and myself. That is not sustainable. That does not look right. It, it, it is not long-term success, and this is a passing quarterback league. Something there just does not look right, Jason. Big fella went two and one last week. I believe that now means that I am four, four, and one for the season. Four, four, and one. About to get on the plus side, on the winning side uh, of this whole deal with three awesome picks uh, this week. Uh, brought to you by BetDSI. Uh, the Dolphins uh, is game number one. Uh, the Dolphins favored uh, by three and a half points. Uh, playing at the at the uh, Detroit Lions, the Lions are the worst team in football. Trust me, they're the worst team in football. And I used to love betting on the Lions. They stink now without Matt Stafford. They're not worth betting on. Dan Campbell is a lovable idiot. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are going to run wild this weekend. You're gonna catch everything Tua throws up. Uh, pay your mortgage. Miami wins by 10 points. Game number two, Titans. I'm going to call them my Tennessee Titans because I live here in Nashville and I've been riding the Titans the last four weeks. Uh, the Titans minus two and a half at the Houston Texans. Titans on a roll. They won four straight. They got off to an 0-2 start. Now Mike Vrabel has this team playing at a high level. Uh, Houston is already starting to contemplate its draft position, as they should. They're a tanking team. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 
very good quarterback in bad games against bad opponents. I love Ryan Tannehill as a favorite. Pay your mortgage. Tennessee wins by a touchdown. They cover the two and a half points very easily. Uh, and then finally, my last pay your mortgage picks, Giants plus three at the Seahawks. All right, I got to admit it. I'm late to the Giants parade bandwagon, but I'm done, doubt, I'm done doubting the Giants. They're six and one for a reason. I'm always going to doubt Geno Smith as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Sorry, I don't care what Geno does in Seattle. I'm going to have my doubts. Saquon Barkley is going to have a huge day, a big day. Pay your mortgage. Giants kick a field goal to win late. Those are my pay your mortgage picks. And finally on Friday, we return to the topic of the week, Kanye West. Woo! Did we go there with Royce White and Delano Squires and a fire starter of all fire starters? Secular blacks, secular Jews, the LGBTQ, they all hate Kanye West. I explain. CNN, yeah, CNN, that alleged news network, now claims without a shred of credible proof that Kanye West admires Adolf Hitler. Who would have thought it? Quoting an anonymous business executive, the network alleges that the rapper and fashion designer maintained a hostile work environment. Uh, quote, this is the anonymous executive. He would praise Hitler by saying how incredible it was that he was able to accumulate so much power and would talk about all the great things he and the Nazi party achieved for the German people, end quote. That's quite the allegation to level at a man with an anonymous source. Consider me an old school journalist. You just don't do that with an anonymous source. But rules of fairness and credibility no longer apply to Kanye West. He spent the last six years intentionally crossing the wrong people, the secular elites and influencers seizing power through cancel culture. Secular blacks, secular Jews, and the LGBTQ plus have tolerated Kanye's stick long enough. Showered abundantly with all the material and sexual riches Satan has to offer, yay, his new name, Kanye, calls himself Yee. Well, he won't renounce God. He's too stubborn. In their mind, he's too ungrateful. At 45, he still has the heart of the 20-something who forced Sony Music to release Jesus Walks. Kanye's real crime is being pro-God, pro-truth, and completely uncontrollable. His unwillingness to be controlled dictates that the secular prevent him from continuing to flourish. He must be destroyed, lest some other millionaire or billionaire influencer get the bright idea to stand on God's truth. So I'm not surprised that CNN published a story claiming West admires Hitler. Later, in the same story, the network claimed his White Lives Matter t-shirts promoted a hate slogan. The Anti-Defamation League, a Jewish civil rights organization, determined the slogan, White Lives Matters, is hate speech. Now, on the surface, secular blacks, secular Jews, LGBTQ, and the BLM supporters, they all seem united in their hate of white people. It's not white people they hate. It's a hatred of Christianity that unites them. That hate compels them to try to destroy anything that Christianity created, including Western civilization and the United States of America. Anyone accused of trying to preserve America and its Christian values can be labeled a Nazi, a Hitler sympathizer, a racist, a homophobe, a transphobe, an anti-Semite. We can all be treated just like Donald Trump or Alex Jones. That's the lesson the secular want us to learn from their treatment of Kanye West. They control your reputation, your ability to provide for your family, your free speech. If, as President Obama once complained, you cling to your Bible and your gun, the cabal of secularists will use corporate and social media to smear you. Yesterday, 
Deadspin published a story accusing me of anti-Semitism based on a tweet I posted that quoted Revelations chapter two, verse nine. I wrote, <clears throat> when will the Bible be deplatformed and canceled? Revelations two and nine, I know thy works and tribulation and, pov and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy, the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, hashtag Kanye. Eric Bloom, the Deadspin writer, accused me of spewing blind hate against Jewish people. I did no such thing. I quoted scripture. I did not attempt to interpret the scripture. I allowed people to reach their own conclusion. Kanye has claimed in several interviews that he is a Jew. You could interpret the scripture as Kanye committing blasphemy and claiming a false heritage. But let me remove all the mystery and explain how I, how I interpreted the scripture and what my intent was. I think secular blacks and secular Jewish elites are committing blasphemy, claiming an allegiance to a religious heritage they don't support or respect. There are many secular black people who sit inside churches every Sunday and every Wednesday pretending to honor God, who abandon every religious principle in pursuit of political power. Barack and Michelle Obama sit at the head of this secular throne. The Reverend Al Sharpton serves them communion. That group has partnered with non-religious, secular Jewish people like George Soros to execute a strategy to disrupt traditional Judeo-Christian culture in Western civilization. Secular blacks and secular Jews then align with the LGBTQ BLM alphabet mafia and agreed that any criticism of any of them would be framed as racist, anti-Semitic, or homophobic. So anytime a religious person of any faith or color criticizes behavior, political policies, or cultural norms that directly violate their faith, that person runs the risk of being canceled. They run the risk of being accused of promoting a revisitation of long ago oppression. Their criticism allegedly causes a pain so immense that it harms its so-called victims irrevocably. It's an effective game that undermines truth, honesty, and progress. The secularists have set up a system that rewards them and punishes believers, that serves lies and dismantles truth. It's satanic. Kanye West is a flawed human being, no different from me or anyone reading or listening to this. He's not the perfect messenger because there's only one perfect messenger. That messenger died on the cross. There's ample evidence Kanye admires Jesus Christ. There's no evidence the rapper admires Hitler. Yee's admiration of Christ caused him to conclude Donald Trump gave America a better chance of sticking to its Judeo-Christian culture than Joe Biden. With child-friendly drag queen shows commonplace across America, men dressed as women holding high-ranking government positions, and Democrats convulsing in anger because it's inconvenient to abort babies in the womb. It's obvious Kanye reached the right conclusion. Only the secular can't see it. Royce, I wanna play you this clip uh, from Charlemagne the God. I think he's on some podcast uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And this clip speaks to me about, because people are, why are you defending Kanye? You're caping up for Kanye. And, and I'm just sorry, he's flawed. He, he, he's, he's had that sexual demon on him. Uh, Kim Kardashian, he's materialistic and has put out music that I disagree with. But, but 
there's only been one perfect person. And so there's no sin that that Kanye's committed that I couldn't see myself having committed, or maybe I've already committed it, who knows, to to some level. And so I'm not going to dismiss the man because he's imprecise. Uh, I believe what he's talking about and what he represents and the conversation he's sparking is important. And so I'm going to defend the man and I don't care what you call me, what you say about me, what you write about me. The man, in my view, he's worthy of defense. And then when I hear things like this out of Charlemagne the God, it confirms in my mind I'm on the right path because they use sellouts like Charlemagne the God to create an environment where people like Kanye West can be killed. Listen to this clip. Right. I hope that this is what it takes for him to hurt actually people hurt people like you always they, say, man. They do. And I, and I hope that this is what helps him to go find some real healing because clearly he's hurting. Right. And um, I just I I don't see this ending well. I you know, I, I feel like he's moving like a person who doesn't feel like he's going to be here much longer. You know what I mean? And um, how long? How much longer? I don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not even doing that. But I just. I just feel like he's moving. I just feel like he's moving a, like a person who's not going to be here much longer. This. I'm sorry. I can't stand Charlemagne. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he's a puppet and control. But but again, this is why I'm. What Kanye's doing is important. Th- this clown Charlemagne is planting the seeds for something to happen uh, to Kanye or to normalize if something did happen. Well, you know, he was suicidal. Oh, he was, you know, the, who, who couldn't see that he wanted it all to end? Uh, I, 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 any, your thoughts, uh, your reaction to Charlemagne's comments? I mean, I haven't liked Charlemagne since he popped on the scene. I could, I could spot a sellout a thousand yards out. And, you know, you know when I run into these people, I'm gonna spit on the floor. Because to me, you know, they're the epitome of everything that's wrong with this country and and our community more specifically. We have a 99% sellout rate in the black public figures and in, in, in elite. And we're not supposed to be able to say that because any measure of success that you get in the same system that they say is corrupt inherently uh, is a symbol of you being the sellout. I mean, what a racket that is. And, and that points to one serious cultural condition is that we... We are the sellouts. I mean, Charlemagne is is a is a is a mouthpiece that we allow for that we've bought into. And it's a similar condition that exists for America at the most general level uh, outside of race. But, you know, I can't wait to run into a person like Charlemagne. I, I, I might slap him in the mouth, you know, just just off a of principle. And I believe in that. I, I believe in f- physical altercation, you know, is it without without weapons. Right. Have some temperance. You know, let's let's throw down. Let's go five minutes and see who comes out. Um, Charlemagne's a sellout. I mean, that that's the reality. And here's what they're really doing when they go after Kanye West. See, a lot of people think it's about Donald Trump or BLM versus White Lives Matter or, you know, uh, Kanye West's. Let's say theatrical antics in his fashion and, and uh, celebrity life. But none of it's not about any of that. Kanye West has the ability to convert black musical talent and culture into a gospel and ministry in a way that many people don't, maybe nobody in history. And the Sunday, the Sunday service choir um, was an example of that. That's what they're really going after here. The, the, the secular anti-Jew elite and the black bourgeoisie have come together and conspired to say, you think that you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ on the platform that we built and we gave you? You think we're going to co-sign that? You think we would rather you tour the world and fill stadiums with 50,000 people to, to preach the, the, the gospel and ministry of Jesus Christ versus, uh, uh, you know, uh, doing a drive by shooting on, on some enemy of yours and his girlfriend with his kid in the car? You know, I mean, think of 21 Savage, for example, as a rapper uh, uh, drive by. And, you know, LeBron James was one of the first people that was went viral on the Internet, uh, you know, nodding his head in, in, in hysteria and mania to, to 21 Savage. I remember the video to this day. He was in the, I think he was in a car or in the weight room or something. And, uh, you know, 21 Savage pull up, let, let a bunch of shots off. I don't care about who I hit. Well, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding when we try and pretend like that's just art? 
What kind of self-deceptive, self-hating uh, uh, scam are we running on ourselves? And then for Charlemagne to get up there like he's the bastion of black intellectualism as a public radio figure. It's like, dude, you're a sellout, the, the quintessential sellout. I mean, you're a liberal white woman. Let's just be honest. You want to be Don Lemon. Don Lemon wants to be Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow wants to be uh, Dan Rather. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what kind of racket you people are running on each other, but I'm not buying into it. And, and Jesus Christ is the reason why they're going after Kanye. And I hope that, that Kanye leans further into the Sunday service choir uh, uh, mode and, and gets back out there and continues to preach the gospel. And if you, and if you get strung up on a cross, that was already written. So, Charlemagne, you can you confirm our Christian ideals and faith when you say that Kanye's life may end early. It was written that you'll be persecuted for his name's sake. But you secular sellouts wouldn't understand that. You think this world is the last place. That's why you will bend over and wear a dress and let these same elites that he's talking about put their put their glory, because that's what it is to them. That's their only glory, their their physical lust and passions, put their glory right up your rear. And they've been doing it for years. They've been doing it for generations. You, you people make me sick. Whew. Uh, Delano's got a tough act to follow, but I know he's up to it. He's the smartest man on the show for a reason. Royce may be the deepest. Uh, I consider Delano the smartest. Uh, I'm the fattest, uh, but that's all right. I'm working on that. All right, uh, Delano, uh, welcome uh, back to the Fearless Army. Hey, man, you're all dressed up today. It's Friday, man. Casual Friday. You look all sharp and nice. Uh, Delano, I think Kanye West is important. I think he's very flawed like the rest of us. Maybe a little more flawed than others, but uh, I actually think he's important, and I think mostly He's creating a conversation that's necessary and healthy. Uh, and so I'm not surprised that CNN and others are coming out with stories out of nowhere that, oh my God, he, he admires Hitler, uh, which kind of reconfirms like, man, this dude's important. If, if they got to smear him this way, he's important. Overall, what are your thoughts on just Kanye West and his level of importance to a conversation we're having right now in America. Uh, uh, Jason, like you, I, I see Kanye for, you know, what he presents himself to be, which is a, a, a flawed person, as you said, like all of us. Um, he, he seems like someone who's deeply hurt about the loss of his family, uh, particularly divorced from his wife and not being able to spend the time that he wants with his kids. And he's someone who, through the, the ramblings and, you know, the egotistical, sort of self-aggrandizing um, monologues, we'll, we'll stumble on a grain of truth. Um, and, and I think that that's important because, you know, he's revealing certain things that people will say, like I was in the barbershop last night, and, and you know, one of the barbers was like, yeah, we all know that it's true, but you can't say it. But I'm the type of person that says, if it's true, then why can't I say it? Right. And I, I think that Kanye is stumbling on some things. And the fact that he said there are some very powerful interests in Hollywood. Right. That will cancel you if you step across certain lines. And then within two weeks, they did exactly what he said that they would do. Um, tells me tells me that he's on to something. Now, again, his words are not always precise. Um, sometimes he mixes in certainty, as, as you've been saying, it's like he, one, one time he'll, he'll give a profession of faith and he'll, he'll speak to, you know, a conversation partner and, and sort of articulate the gospel. And then the next minute, allegedly he's showing executives porn on his phone. So it, it's, it's hard to track with him f from day to day, but one of the things that's been most telling to me is the way the, the black leadership class, the aristocracy as I call them, have all ganged up on him. And what they, their complaint is, well, why did Kanye get canceled for saying that slavery is a choice? Because to them, wearing a shirt that says white lives matter and him saying slavery is a choice is basically a capital offense. But rappers for the past 30 years who've been pumping toxic sludge into the airways and the waterways of our culture um, are somehow to be rewarded and glorified. Um, and that to me says everything you need to know about 
not just the black leadership class, but the left in general, because most of those people are just mouthpieces. Um, they, they value all the wrong things and they punish all the wrong things. And I think their public sort of flogging of Kanye is just the latest example of that. That's it and that's all. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, it's Saturday. Watch some college football. Uh, think about me. Go to YouTube.com slash Jason Whitlock. If you're on Apple or Spotify, hit the like, hit the subscribe. Give me that five-star review. Join the Fearless Army. Get your Fearless Army swag. Support. Become a fearless soldier. All right, I'll talk to you on Monday. Hi.